Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Firm. I am Al Gitterdun Gore. Again? Uh, is that who I was last time? You're still you're still getting it done, apparently. I, apparently. Lance Lazy Psycho. Yes. Lance plays hooky. Uh, yeah. Psycho. Psycho. Uh, we're we're happy to be here talking to you. And if you're on YouTube, happy to we can see you through the camera. So wow. Looking right at you. You're really a new NSA. I know. Yeah, that's that's been not so crazy. Is I with, with after 2011, uh, the new law came through and they're you know basically spying on everyone. Mm-hmm. Man, they were doing that back in the day. Like even in the in the 60s with the counter revolution people and the the military people that oh, said McCarthyism, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like this Vietnam War isn't going as well as you think. Oh, we're gonna have you followed. We're gonna trace your phone calls. Sidebar. Let's get back on topic, Lance. Yeah. Well, uh, it is April, and so with 2021 well underway and trade shows still weighing physical exhibitions, it's time to start planning how you're going to get your continuing education credits this year. RCAT can help. Along with manufacturer products, specifications, CAD, and BIM, RCAT also provides a list of over 150 manufacturers with accredited courses. It's just another one of those great free resources that RCAT provides to make your life a little easier. That's right, your life. Start earning those credits at rcat.com forward slash C-E-S. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com forward slash C-E-S. Uh, I can't believe we're this far through the year now that you've said it. Quarter two. We're on to quarter two. I, I haven't even had a thought about 2022, and it's going to sneak up on us. It is going to sneak up on you. Which is which is crazy. And then that, that child here is going to grow a real mustache. Yeah, he has a fake one now. Um, I, I support it. We'll, uh, <laughs> mustache Monday. <laughs> mustache Monday. Uh, I, I want to talk to you about the architects. Uh, what's needed to be an architect and what's needed to be basically a contractor. The skills that you need to to have. Mm-hmm. And first, let's talk about architecture. Okay. W- one of the main things that you learn in school, and it maybe shouldn't be the main thing, but maybe it should, is design. You, I mean, the amount of stuff that you learn about design mm-hmm. and studio and the amount of experience you get in school is actually quite exhaustive. There's, there's a lot. Yeah, it's right? a lot. It's a lot. Um, and then in school, but then in your professional practice, you will touch on and have a, a cursory knowledge, a little bit of knowledge on how mechanical works, how plumbing works, how electrical works. You're not going to be an expert at it, but like you have to know the key concepts. You have to know what goes where. You have to know what to look out for, right? Mm-hmm. Then the big ones that school doesn't really touch but are heavy in architecture, IRC code, IBC code, ANSI code, ADA code, city zoning code, parking code. Dang, that's a lot of codes, bro. That is a lot of codes to know. And you probably have to know more about those codes than you know about MEP because mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to fit the whole building in, right? Um, then you need to know a little bit about 
each system. How, how does brick attach? How does a structure work? Um, not just structural engineering, but you know, how, how do the forces, you know, play together so that you aren't designing something that, that can't even stand up. Um, interior finishes, you have to know about, uh, flooring, you know, kitchen, like all these things you might not be an expert at, but like you have to have at least a base knowledge on, on all of those things. Right. Um, so there's a list, like if you listed it out, it's like 15 things. There's various levels that you need to know about each one of those. Um, you need to know about essentially how a construction happens, right? Um, and how the sequence works. And you might know because you designed those interior finishes and exterior finishes, you have to know a little bit about how they go together. Yep. Right. Or else you just can't literally draw your sections or details. You're going to get stuck, right? You're going to hit a, hit a wall yeah, of nothing. <laughs> yep. So when we talk about architects becoming contractors, oh, and we forgot to say you need to know about client relationships, you need to know about marketing, money, you, you know, financing, you know, yep. all that other stuff. I mean, this is an exhaustive, exhaustive list, right? Yeah. Sounds intimidating. <laughs> it is, but you're already doing it. Like you are already doing all of those things. All right. To become a contractor, one of the reasons too is to extend your foundation so that your firm is more secure, you're financially more secure, right? Um, gain that extra profit on top of just being more secure. Mm -hmm. And then uh, increase your repu uh, reputation and your responsibility and, and, and get that reward. But there's different skills that you need to know to be a contractor. And the biggest, what, what's crazy is that everything I just said, you you have to know a cursory knowledge of MEP. You have to know a little bit about the codes. You have to know a little bit about, you know, city codes because, um, you know, where gas comes in uh, and where electrical comes in. Like it's on the plans, but like every time I've had a gas person mm -hmm. come out, they're mm -hmm. like, okay, where are we going to put this? And they start thinking about it and they have a different idea. Right. So like, even if they reviewed it, like it, 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 it hasn't changed too much, but you know, it can change. Yep. But a contractor doesn't need to be deep in design. And normally their design suggestions, because I've had a couple contractors who I like, and sometimes I don't like say design things and, and me and the developer are like, oh, how do we tell them not to how do, how do you How do you just, yeah, tell them to stay in their lane yep. politely? But their lane is something you already have a base in. It's construction sequence and then a little bit more in means and methods. You do need to know a little bit more of means and methods. You aren't going to be an expert in it because you cannot be an expert in every different subsystem that goes in. You can like, because that's the term what expert is. Mm -hmm. How can you be an expert in 20 different things? And then you go against someone who's an expert in windows or an expert in stucco. So they're going to run circles around you. Right? True. So you are further along than you think that you are. No way. Absolutely. Seriously. Absolutely. And I think that's our doorbell. That sounds like a doorbell. Yeah. Keep on going. You're but, inside the firm, everybody. And this is what what happens. I think we just got a delivery. That was all. Oh, you cool. know what I think it is too? I think it's Black Rifle Coffee. Well, we were just talking about it. not a sponsor, but delicious. So like, so good. They're so not good. paying us money to say this. We would. But take if their they money. were on the Monday morning coffee episode, boy, I wouldn't. I would. Did you reach out to them? I've. I. I don't think I've reached out to them. Maybe I should. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to say it anyway, so let's get some dollars for it. Um, it's absolutely delicious. We've had a bunch of coffees like this black, just black, nothing in it is, is amazing. So tasty. 
going back on topic, <clears throat> the construction sequence, the financing, and how things are put together, you need to expand your knowledge on. Yeah. And it, it's it's sometimes difficult to get that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where our architects to builders course comes into play, yeah. right? It's it's literally, you know, your uncle that's a builder, Uncle Lance, Uncle Al, helping you out so that you can get those profits and 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 hopefully not lose money. Um, because it, how, how to avoid not losing money is also key in this endeavor too. So that you can turn your architecture clients into construction clients. So go to, if you want to check that out, go to architectsguide2to.com. Uh, look through it. Use uh, the coupon code once you go to the checkout. Capital I-T-F for inside the firm. You get 10% off. We'll see you on that side. It's something we think you should strongly consider. Um, I think it's something that would help not just you, but literally the profession at, at, at whole. Because you the more and more big builders, even civil engineer firms or engineer firms, they are taking over and offering design services. Yes, they are. And it's going to be, I just got a LinkedIn message about, uh, hey, would you be interested in a study on how to, uh, we are working on automating schematic design. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Your yep. job is, um, is going to get outsourced in a certain way. So you need to expand uh, and have as many legs to stand on as you can. Well, and and a, a program that I recommend, testfit.io, yep. it's great. <clears throat> Developers are buying that, having an in-house person do it. Yep. And then all of a sudden, they're figuring out the zoning and all that. And then it comes down to your fees. And, and you haven't had your input and your say and, and, and your knowledge be put in that process. Now they get to dictate, hey... <clears throat> I want it done this way. You just execute. Guess what? If you're just executing and not using your creative skills and, and all this other stuff, you're not getting paid more. 100%. You're not getting paid more. You're not. So this is this is a way to take control of your future. Make it happen. Where do people yeah. go? Architectsguide2.com. Awesome. What do you got? What do I got? Holy cow. I have the goose that killed the golden egg. Wow. Right? And that is inflation and the hidden tax that is inflation. And I, th- I wanted to touch base on this because uh, what prompted it was uh, being on the builder side and having a project that was, we were not, we were hoping to start it in January, but due to, we are the, one of the, we, we are the interior builder and the interior architect, but we are not the shell, corn shell. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stuff got delayed literally because of planning and zoning and all of that uh about six months are you saying planning and zoning slowed down the process yeah i believe it or not oh that might be news to people (laughs) who knew about bureaucracies so five months is what it basically got delayed so we were supposed to start in january now it's looking like we're going to start in about mid-may uh for the beginning of may basically and i've already talked about on the podcast about the lumber increase 250 percent increase um, uh, the big, a uh, couple, but everything is increasing, right? So like I've been sending Alex, uh, all kinds of versions of the increase, right? So over this past, so what I'm, what I had to do, knowing that was coming down the pipeline, my client who we're going to build for is basically flat out said to us that, uh, she's going through financing and like, there's a hard deadline and I go, okay, <laughs> I know about that. 
I've built before. I know what it's like. When do you close? Because we need to rev- make sure we're, we are, the numbers we're giving you are real. Those numbers were from November, October of last year. Vastly different world. How vastly different? Steel came in today, 100% difference, right? Meaning it doubled in price in six months. Lumber did, lumber went 250% increase in nine months. But isn't it also crazy? Didn't you say this steel bid is good for three days? 10 days. 10 days. So let's say you get it to them and they, you know, close in a month and then you order it in two months. Like, what do you budget? Like a hundred percent contingency. The, right. So, so everybody who is, um, people, you, the audience should be aware of this. That That's part of the reason why I'm bringing this up is like, think about the logistics of that then. Right. The, and that's not the only product either. So one of the, we're doing this interior siding, right? It's kind of yeah. a, it looks like an exterior building in the inside sort of thing. Yeah. Same thing, same feedback from them. Well, we just had a price increase, but just so you know, this one's only good for 30 days and we're gonna have to, we're raising prices in 30 days. It's like, okay. And and then lead time, right? Four to six weeks on all these products and stuff. It's like, oh, so we need to just order everything on the first draw. Not yeah. everything, but we got to order those items on the first draw, which we might not do. We You might not do that in a scenario where we're not having this rampant inflation. So... Don't believe the hype, right, from the Fed and Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, because her whole thing has been, oh, there's no inflation. Well, Lance Psycho is here to tell you that (laughs) is the fakest of all news because I'm telling you this is what I'm seeing on the ground. All of every single line item, even down to paint, Three, paint is going up three to four, three to four percent. Yep. the The problem with her saying this is that it fits in the narrative of what's happening on the society level of people are not trusting institutions. Institutional trust is at an all time low. Yep. In America. And, yep. And, and the reason why is besides what you're saying about you know real prices of real goods, when when the Fed takes in uh, inflation into account, they exclude the cost cost of housing. They exclude the cost of edu- uh, education and of health and commodities. Like what and are you he- doing? Healthcare. So it's like those three. Obviously, like I've seen graphs have astronomically go up, and they're like, oh, oh in our reports, they're not included, so we don't have inflations. What are you talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? So uh, many of you are also investors in the sense of you either have a portfolio of stocks and bonds, or maybe you're in a gold and silver or Bitcoin or real estate, or just your business. Your business is an investment, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there's this article that I found that I really like, and I'd like to kind of talk about, and uh, because it's inflation, the title is, Inflation is a Hidden Tax. What can you do about it? And we're all about showing problems and then giving solutions on the podcast. So we can think of inflation as being a financial cancer. It slowly and relentlessly eats away at the value of our investments. Some investors would prefer to ignore inflation, Jenna Yellen. It <laughs> is after call all. Out. You just got called out on Inside the Firm. <laughs> Expect a call. It is, it is after all uh, inconvenient when investment planning is concerned. It can take pretty looking investment projections and make them look downright ordinary. The $1 million portfolio that you expected to have in 20 years will be worth considerably less in real purchasing power, right? Mm. So we're printing all this money. I was trying to get this point across to my dad after I got that steel price. He goes, well, why is it doing that? And I go... You have to think about money, the, the supply of money. There's two kinds of inflation, and Peter Schiff will agree with this. The first kind of inflation is I'm printing so much money that I'm inflating the supply of that. 
Then there's the inflation of the cost of goods because you've inflated the, fly, the supply of money and decreased how much purchasing power you have with it because there's more of it. It's less powerful. And, and here's a real one that, that actually has ramifications. Let's just say you're younger and you go, I want to save up for a down payment on a house, mm. right? And and let's say you plan five years into the future. You're saving. You're saving. Every day you're saving. Lunch. Yep. The, the purchasing power of the house that you could buy at the time that you started versus five years ago might be 25% less Bingo. or you're paying 25% Bingo. more. Like yep. that is huge. So what that means is that let's say you just pay 25% more, but you could be as you got a better job and you saved up the down payment, but that's 25% more dollars going out just to your housing in your budget than could have been. Yep. Instead of, you know, 3%, you know, something like that. Yep. Uh, ignoring the effects of inflation when it comes to your portfolio is nothing short of dangerous. Inflation is the reality of our time, and it has been for at least a human lifetime. And for reasons that are beyond most of us, it always will be. For that reason, we need to prepare for it, even when it doesn't seem obvious. And right, they're trying to put the veil over our eyes so it doesn't seem obvious. But I'm here to tell you, it's it's obvious to me. Uh, our banking system is, is built to create inflation and on purpose. Inflation is built into our monetary policy. So why doesn't inflation never seem to go away? Well, mostly because it's part of our national monetary policy. Isn't that an unpleasant thought? Government officials and bankers like to talk about inflation as if it is some sort of disease that they are working tirelessly to eradicate. The truth is exactly the opposite. This isn't some conspiracy theory either. Government has a vested in interest in inflation and the ones who create it. Being at the top of the financial food chain, the federal government gets the biggest benefit from extra dollars. Simply put, it enables them to spend money that they would otherwise not have. That extra money that the government spends is at the very root of inflation. In addition, inflation means higher prices and salaries, and that ultimately translates into higher tax revenues. If you're in the federal government, what's not to love about inflation, Al? Yeah, I... I I got a side point. I can't forget. Okay. Bankers love inflation too, because it protects collateral values for loans. Consider the real estate meltdown of the past few years. Mortgages were in trouble precisely because house prices were falling. As prices fell below loan values, the threat of homeowners walking on their mortgages increased steadily. Rising real estate values increased the ability of bankers to collect on loans. Falling values put collection in doubt. The last time we had a true deflation in the United States was during the Great Depression in the 1930s. And the government did everything it could to inflate its way out of it, out of that. In fact, ever since the 1930s, government has been using inflation as a way to prime the nation's economic pump. Moral of the story, inflation has been with us for over 80 years, and there's no reason to believe that it will disappear anytime soon. Invest with inflation in mind. Al Gore. Okay. Is inflation... So, wood prices went up a lot and that was mainly that was the biggest one that at least builders noticed because it went up so heavily so quickly yeah even right? homeowners they were like oh ten dollars for a two yeah. by four and then before that too like i i've always been complaining about concrete <coughs> prices and how much those went up yeah. right but those are even though it has to do with construction those are niche that's niche compared to um let's just say everything that you buy every time you go grocery shopping mm-hmm. right well Prices of, I don't know if you saw the articles, teepee and diapers are going up. I did not. And and they say it's because of the you know, wood pulp. Mm-hmm. And so this links back to the first one that we saw, which was wood. 
I don't think wood was a response to inflation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to the to the wood supply and the wood inefficiency or 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 what there. Do you? So the, yeah, part of it wasn't part of it was inflation due to, to printing and lack of and then your your reduction in purchasing power. Therefore, it's going to cost more of those printed dollars to buy the same two by four. Yep. But then the other part is it of because it, they had to print so much dollars they took up all the wood supply. Boom, <laughs> boom. Yeah, we should have used hemp, right? Like back in the day. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is uh, COVID related factors and supply and, and then and then literally just pure supply and demand. People were at home and then remodeling went through the roof. And then now that's just trickling down. I, I just, I, I can see the inflation, but but I'm stuck on how the market hasn't responded to opening up because I know people don't want to cut down trees and, and in the rainforest, that's a big deal. Um, but people are may not be aware of the fact of how large Canada is and how you can clear a forest, replant it. Um, I hate to say this, but there's no shortage in wood. Um, there's also no shortage in water. It's just the cost to desalinate it, which I understand is a problem. We'll but the world we'll is seventy percent water, so yeah. it's like, yeah, that could be an we issue. We have more we trees. We have more trees now than we had a century ago. That's the truth. Yeah, that's a exactly. Fact. Yep. Um. Anyways, so that's that's my frustration of the day. Yep. 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 Exactly. So, uh, do what you can do. Um, do what you can do. We know that it's never going to go away, and uh, don't believe the hype, you know, do the research for yourself. Uh, so this, this website, uh, that the, the article came from, and there's more to the article, but that was kind of the gist of it. It's uh, investorjunkie.com and, uh, inflation is a hidden tax. What can you do about it? So check it out. This guy published it on February 4th, 2021. His name is Kevin Mercadanti and it was great. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I got an architecture question concept for you. Maybe some people have already solved this. Okay. So, <clears throat> Lawyers, uh, we deal with lawyers for different reasons, right? I've, I've seen emails from law firms, not from anyone else, but basically saying, hey, our hourly rate is going up in a month. Here's a list of it, just so you know, right? Just so you're aware. They do that. I've never seen that from someone else, right? Think about our contracts. Some, some projects are like three years. Some projects get delayed and we'd have a clause in there. Like if it's delayed more than six months, we can, you know, re- sure. ne- negotiate prices and all that. Should we have more clear language that um, at the beginning of every fiscal year, we reevaluate our rates yes. and their subject, you know? Yes. Right. That's not a bad idea. I don't know if anyone else has examples of what language they use. You can email me if you want to, akg at f9productions.com. You can tell me if you want me to share it with the audience or not, or if you mm-hmm. just wanted to just share it with us just just as buds, um, and, and I, I can keep it private. Uh, but wondering if, if people have done certain language like that and, and how they let their know. Or prom- is it surprise like lawyers where it's like, by the way, regardless of your contract, next month it's going up. Yeah. I've had to break that to two of our, I would call them business partners uh, more than anything, Missy Brown and Kelsey Nichols. And every time it's been pretty good, uh, the reaction. I think the trick has, not the trick, the... Tactic? Tactic. Uh, The method. Hmm. The method of how it's played out, and I think this is fair. From their perspective, they said, look, we started... I I think we should only apply that to new projects that we start in the new year. And I, I, I go, I totally agree. So mm-hmm. we'll keep the old ones in the same billable rates and then we'll move the new ones up. 
Yep. But but for some of these longer projects, I think it should be baked in there that. Oh, and you need to keep you need to raise your fees because you need to keep up, up with inflation. There you go. Uh, let's see if we and can. then create inflation while you're <laughs> doing that. It's a cycle. Yeah, it's called Full Ke- it's called Keynesian economics. Understand how your money's made. Yeah. Um. Okay. I think with that, let's uh, maybe some hopefully inflate an ego or two. Oh. With some uh, excellent answering of ARE questions. No, not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Your ego has to wait. Wow. I, I want to talk what about. What am I missing? I want to talk about one of the biggest problems in any industry. Oh. At every single My level bad. of that industry, mm-hmm. and it's how to solve problems. The major issue with solving problems is a lack of clear communication, right? So, for example, when uh, this is what I learned when I was thrust out into the field, in the construction field, when I was young and didn't know too much. Now that I know more, I still use this same tactic, okay. right? And the tactic's called Where's Waldo? Oh, I thought it was Butter Up Lance, so he'll finish buttering the sandwich with whatever problem we're trying to solve. <laughs> no. That's what I do. <laughs> hey, Al, look what I did. Can you do the other part? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. It is a good one. But uh, I had an example last weekend, but it, it's happened out in, in the field before, so it doesn't matter the situation. But it's essentially, there's multiple people involved. Let's just say a sub, um, uh, a general contractor, an architect, an engineer, and the owner. Mm-hmm. And what normally happens is that one or two of them are disagreeing or one or two of them are communicating with a third and not communicating with each other. Ooh, yeah. Why? Why not? Why yep. not talk to each other? Mike? So it, it's like, let's say that you are the owner in the in mm-hmm. this situation. I'm the contractor. I come and say, here's the solution. And then the sub says, no, here's the solution to you. And... And then you try to talk back to the contractor, but you're just the owner. So like, you're probably jumbling it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also the contractor is like, why as an owner, are you telling me how to build a building? Mm-hmm. My ego is up um, immediately, Bang. right? So, so the tactic is <clears throat> you either get them all together or you talk to them individually, which you can do too, and get their point of view and relate their point of view to the other person to come to a consensus, mm-hmm. right? And normally... Besides coming to a consensus, what you are looking for as the architect, if you're in this situation, is the solution is there. One of these four people have it, or you might have it too. It's just finding it. It's where, where's Waldo? What is the cleanest, most simplest solution that falls within um, basically the, the uh, what, what I'm, I'm blanking on the word here, what the mission is of, of the project, right? There's sure. a better word there. Sure. Right? And that's the only game you're playing, especially if you do not know the answer. Mm-hmm. It is, I need to go on the hunt for the answer, mm-hmm. but then clearly communicate it with multiple people because it's there. It's just being stopped by bad attitude, poor communication. No, know, commu- no communication. No communication. Um, and normally it's just poor communication. Sure. You know, um, and, and people talking like to each other, but like random but not to who they need to, right? Um, so I just want to tell you that little tip. And and it's a good thing to go in your head if if all of a sudden you get a phone call, hey, here's a huge problem and you know you got to get in there and you feel down about it, change your mindset and be like, I'm going to play Where's Waldo. I'm going to find the solution and then I'm going to let everyone know clearly 
what we think the solution is, including them based in on your investigation. Yep, I love it. Now, now let's bring down the firm for a little A R E Jeopardy. Question number one. When considering new materials and assemblies for projects, the architect should recognize that they... What? What? A, are sometimes released without the benefit of sufficient testing over time. B, give, give the architect greater latitude in design. C, are desirable for owners who want the latest trends. D, will assure the project will be constructed under budget. Yes. Question number one was... When considering new materials and assemblies for projects, the architect should recognize that they. I think Ross has his answer. I think Jason has his and Rebecca. We have C, D, and A. The correct answer is A. Which was are sometimes released without the benefit of sufficient testing over time. Number two, what is the purpose of designing a cathodic Protection system. It's cathodic. Cathodic? Cathodic. What is the purpose of designing a cathodic protection system? A, to to provide resistance to fire. B, to reduce deformation. C, to resist corrosion. D, to enhance earthquake performance. What could it be? What could it be? Could it be? Boop, boop. We've got uh, A, C, and C. The correct answer is C, to resist corrosion. Yep. What do we got? Two, one, goose egg. Well, all right, all right. right. (laughs) See if I can trip you up here. A manual fire extinguisher in cooking areas should be, shall be not less than blank feet from and not more than blank feet. Uh, not be it shall not be closer than blank feet or farther than blank feet from the kitchen exhaust system a manual fire extinguisher okay yep in cooking areas got it give us some answers. okay hey wow <laughs> uh 10 feet 10 feet and then comma 20 feet b three feet comma 15 feet c 10 feet comma sorry Rewrite that. C, 5 feet, comma, 10 feet. <laughs> D, 5 feet, comma, 15 feet. Okay. Can you read the question again? Oh, it's going to be tough. Ooh. A manual fire extinguisher in cooking areas shall not be uh, less than blank feet and not more than blank feet from the kitchen exhaust system. Okay. Yep. We'll wait for Reeb's thinking, thinking, thinking. A D D D. It is A. It is ten feet and then twenty feet. Got one. All right, number four. Any person who shall continue any work after they have been served to stop shall be. A, subject to penalties as prescribed by law. B, subject to property seizure. C, subject to fines and or imprisonment. 
D, subject to loss of permit. Any person who shall continue work after have been served to stop shall be. C-C-C. So you guys all said subject to fines and or imprisonment. It is. So all of those were pretty harsh and awesome, I thought. Yeah. (laughs) It is a subject to penalties as prescribed by law. So basically the code is just saying like, eh, whatever, whatever your local, your, your local law. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, they could maybe say any of those other ones. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Rebecca's the winner. Wow. Where are we eating? Stay tuned. Stay, stay tuned. Somewhere outside. All right. Well, it is nice. Out so here. while you're waiting for Reba to pick uh, where we're going to eat, you can go to architectsguide2.com. Check that out. Use the promo code ITF. All capital for 10% off for your Architects to Builders Guide. Don't forget to get uh, take care of those continuing education credits over at arccat.com forward slash CES. It is the second quarter of 2021. Why wait? Make it happen. Do it now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you didn't already know, Inside the Firm is now a YouTube channel where you can actually watch the episodes. That's right. Al Gore, look at his black Hello. sweatshirt here. It's, it's nice. Wa- it's wonderful. You can see him flex, flex for the camera, Al. I mean, look if at, I took it, I don't want to break it. It's a nice sweater. There you go. There you go. So if you, you want to watch us, if that's who you prefer, subscribe now for a chance to win a piece of Inside the Firm merch. Uh, however, if you prefer, prefer podcast style, maybe you like to fish and you need to listen to that while you're catching the big fish. I don't know. Uh, it would mean the world to us if you could leave a five-star review uh, if you enjoyed the episode. That is how more people find the podcast and how we can help spread more value. But no matter which category you fall into, if you're looking for the latest updates on Inside the Firm and special content, maybe promo codes, who knows, uh, follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Inside the Firm or Instagram at Inside the Firm Podcast. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Firm for another great episode. Pow. Pow.